Welcome to a bonus Patreon episode. Where we look at another Hanna-Barbera mystery-solving franchise in the format of Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts exclusively for our patrons. I'm your host, Billy. And I'm your host, Amelia. And we're watching Jabberjaw. There's no place like outer space. The most futuristic shock you ever saw. I can walk and talk and look. Jabberjaw was going to be. In what way? Like, I knew that- <laughs> I knew in the back of my head that Jabberjaw was from the future, but I guess I didn't allow myself to know that everybody else was. <laughs> like, I thought maybe he was a time-traveling shark from the future. Oh, you're giving this shark a lot of credit that he's mastered time travel. Well, I didn't think he did it of his own volition. Maybe it was some sort of future accident. Or he he could have been a test subject. And I honestly expected some sort of, like, seaside adventures. <laughs> some, you know... Ooh, he's a shark? We're gotta deal with a crab fisherman or something like that? <laughs> I didn't think we would be going to other planets. Well, good for thing for you that we didn't. They were only launched briefly into space, Billy. They didn't land on another planet. Well, no, no, but this whole episode takes place on a trip to another planet. I thought This it is was, not Earth. I thought it was just that they lived underwater because the aliens come to invade Earth. And they're trying to stop them. Like, this is Earth. They're just underwater. I don't think it is Earth, though. Then I think it's a different planet. Like a human a colony. Why do they give a shit that Earth is being invaded, then? They keep saying Earth. Mm, like, well, over and over again. This is Earth. That's poor writing. This is... They live in underwater cities. Like Rapture. For some reason. They really love the free market so here it, in Jabberjaw. Does nobody go to the seaside? Like, am I not going to get the seaside at all if I watch Jabberjaw? Not Is in this episode. Is it all underwater? I mean, admittedly, that makes it easier for one of your characters to be a shark. If it's all underwater. Harder for your human characters, mayhaps. But just in general, my god. Who approved this? What, what happened to make Jabberjaw real? Um, I should say, a uh, couple of the dates here. This episode aired on September 18th, 1976. It is season one, episode two of Jabberjaw. And it actually aired on the same day as the Fiesta host is an Aztec ghost from the Scooby-Doo Dynamite Hour. Classic era of Scooby-Doo. Jabberjaw's quite a different kettle of fish. I see what you did there. Yeah. With the fish. You could see my, my grin before I said it. I don't think we see a solitary fish in this underwater city. 
No, sharks are fish. It's whales that are mammals. I was talking about any other fish. Okay. That, oh, there. Literally on screen. Oh my god. You're Billy, flying across. You didn't have to actually point it out. I, I it's was just interesting. Trying, I was just trying to call the fact that Hanna-Barbera is notoriously lazy and <laughs> That's cheap. That's true. That's true. Those are both very true facts. So if we never saw a fish in this underwater city, I wouldn't be surprised. You're right on the money there. Uh, before we even talk about the episode, how about that theme song? Oh, it's just the worst opening song I've ever heard ever. Jabba jabba jabba, jabba jabba jabba, jabba jabba jabba, jaw. Just terrible. My just, god. He just kept saying jabba over and over again. You couldn't take five minutes with someone who could write a song? But like, uh, I think that the song, it at least sets the tone. Because I, when I see that opening, it does feel looser than other series. Feels like we're going to have a whole lot of fun here on some zany adventures. Did you have a whole lot of fun, Billy? I didn't, but that was the show I wanted so bad. I want to go to the seaside, damn it! Light fun on the seaside? <laughs> That's all I want. Do you have a premise? Uh, Before I... you go any further with whatever nonsense you were about to launch into? You know me too well. Uh, here is the premise from, I believe this was just the episode synopsis on Wikipedia. After Biff gets them kicked out for a publicity stunt, aliens land in the undersea city of Hydrostan. It's up to Jabber and the gang to stop their invasion. That premise leaves, like, what, who's Biff? What the fuck's Hydrostan? Well, I, th I where, where did he get them kicked out of? In terms of Biff, like, I can't, I don't think you can fault them for that. That would be like a Scooby-Doo premise saying, Fred goes and does this. You're not going to question who's Fred. No, because I know who the fuck Fred Jones is. Yeah. Who the fuck is Biff? If you were a <laughs> Jabberjaw fan, oh, you, you would know. That's a big if. It is a big if. <laughs> you would know he's a, he's brown hair. <laughs> Is how I describe. I literally for for these Patreon episodes, it's a fun fact from my notes. I always just have to put in brackets their hair color, so we can identify them. We wrote down all their names and we gave them little alliterations before we started watching, and then we started watching, and all four of them started talking yeah. at once. And it's just like shit, Billy. Pause. I don't know who any of these fucking yeah. people are. We do this every time. I don't know why we expect that. that like the first lines are going to be. Hi, I'm Biff. What are you doing today? Usually you can guess the names. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at the Scooby gang and without knowing any of their names, you know who Shaggy is. And by process of elimination, you then know who Fred is. But like here, Biff, Shelly, Bubbles, and Clamhead. Like, Clamhead is the only one that I guessed as being the Shaggy analog. I, I could guess Bubbles as well. Bubbles is a very ditzy name. Hi, I'm Bubbles! But usually they give the ditzy characters the names that have the Y at the end of it. Yeah, mm, that's true. Shelly could have also... Hi, I'm Shelly! That also works. Names also have nothing to do with intelligence levels. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in Hanna-Barbera series, it, it, it can be said that their assumptions can be made. 
So who of this gang would you like to start with? We've mentioned Biff's name a couple times. Well, then we'll get right down to the Biff business. He's described as brunette and level-headed. He sure is. (laughs) He's very bright, I wrote down. And I don't think I meant that in terms of intelligence, but just that, you know, he's, he's optimistic. He's a very bright boy. He shines his light on everyone. Got a very much a Donny Osmond vibe off of him. His catchphrase is jumpin' jellyfish. Yes. Said at least three times in this one episode. And it's delivered with zero passion or technical skill. Jumpin' jellyfish. Well, it's, a, it's a hard catchphrase to make work. Take your best shot, Billy. Jumpin' jellyfish. It's not that hard then. Well, you think I pulled that off? Better than he did. I could Better start. Than Biff. I could start using that in real life if you like. I would not like that. I no. could be like, "Ooh, we're we're out of cheese, jumping jellyfish." I would really just prefer it if you just said "fuck." We're out of cheese, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Same tone though. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it makes you appreciate the very simple catchphrases of Scooby Doo, Jeepers, Zoinks, Jinkies. These are things that we all say in our day-to-day lives. Fred's abominable silence as he gives his thousand-yard stare into oblivion. <laughs> Biff is... Okay, they're a band. Yes. We didn't mention this. We they, didn't. We they should have. They are a band called the Neptunes. Jabberjaw is their drummer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, uh, it feels like a first draft. Yeah, it does. Uh, how does he work the pedals with the one fin? We'll never know. Anyways. Well, he can move those, he can move both sides of the fin independently, like little feet. Biff says that they are, uh, famous throughout the whole galaxy. See, that's why I thought they were going to space, like to a new planet. You don't say you're famous throughout the galaxy and just hop across the other end of the planet. Unfortunately, I don't think the Jabberjaw wiki is as thorough that if I looked up Hydrostan, it would tell me what planet it's on. It's on Earth! Confirmed. Yeah. Because aliens are trying to invade it. He says that they are famous throughout the whole galaxy, and I I can't help but feel that's not true, given how everyone reacts when they see that Jabberjaw is part of the band. Everyone freaks out about this shark. I was going to mention this around Jabberjaw, but everyone is afraid of him, and I actually think that's a really neat idea. So clearly you're not famous if people don't know that you have a talking Three Stooges shark playing drums in your band. That's, that is a gimmick that people remember. They do. Like, if I say to you, gorillas, what's the first thing you think of? Uh, their guitar player who was named Noodles. I would have just accepted that they were cartoons. I thought that was implied with the little Japanese girl named Noodles when there is not a Japanese girl in the band. Let me say this. Daft Punk. You just want me to say Helmet? Now it's just a fun game of word association because I would have said robots. You give me one. (laughs) Uh, kiss. Makeup. Yeah, I would have said makeup. Okay. I I think the secondary point there might have gone for tongue. Yeah, I would have gone with tongue as well. This is a fun game. Play it. Play Family Feud at home with your friends by just naming bands and saying what comes to mind. That's a that's some fun advice from me to you. 
Family Feud needs like polls to happen before the game. It's a it's a fun party game that does require meticulous research beforehand. Biff wants them to land their ship on stage. He's going for like an alien thing. Yeah, like he wants their opener to be like there it is an alien invasion. And then so it becomes a little complicated when they're caught up with an actual alien invasion. It doesn't feel like he's cleared that with with the country, with the event organizers. <laughs> oh, it's, it's like it, a county fair yeah, at sorry, best with that they're the, playing at. I, I was trying to still search for words in my head. With the event organizers, that's what I meant. Because don't they get kicked out because he tries to pull that shit? Yes. After Biff gets them kicked out for a publicity stunt. Yes. Biff asked no one permission. <laughs> He just charged right ahead. I was even more confused when he said that, because when they were coming here, they arrived on a bus. And I'm just like, you don't get to decide where this bus lands, Biff. You just, you just sit down and wait your turn to get off. Uh, Biff, at one point, is just jacking it. I didn't see that. He's, they're sitting in front of a steering wheel that's locked. And he's pulling on it, but you're not privy to seeing the steering wheel at, say, steering wheel height. Right. It's at dick height. And he's just yanking back oh. and forth. And is it, would it be safe to say it's like less of a steering wheel and more of like a, a throttle? A lever or something. Yeah. yeah. But he's, he's jacking it. Oh. They want us to believe it was a steering wheel, but he is a pervert. I've declared it here now. Oh, I'm I'm sorry to hear that about our, our my bright boy Biff. <laughs> Less of a pervert, perhaps. Bubbles. <laughs> perhaps. You know what? Her voice, please stop speaking. She's definitely a pervert with that voice. I wrote down, okay, so this category, we called it the Bubbles Buoyancy. Because <laughs> we're running out of B words. And it, it was pretty clever. But my first note for her is she is a four-year-old child. Oh, just the worst voice. Our volunteers? Oh, well, what's wrong with the two of us flying it? Like, listen to that. I had a stroke yeah. every time she spoke. Do you remember in Community uh, when Annie was a silly Christmas baby? Won't you be my daddy? I'm a silly Christmas baby. And it, uh, you reach a point and it's diminishing returns. <laughs> I think this is even worse than Christmas Baby. Well, Christmas Baby was only like a, a couple seconds. This is her entire character. All, all my notes are either just that she has a four-year-old's boat. <laughs> what? <laughs> a four-year-old's boat? What kind of childhood did you lead? I never got a boat. Father, bring my boat around. I am but four-year-old. Perhaps I could have more mashed applesauce. <laughs> applesauce you gave me earlier was too chunky for me. <clears throat> A four-year-old's <laughs> voice. How did you get the boat voice? <laughs> the words don't come every time I call. 
my other note was that she can do card tricks. Um, Within the band, she's also, you gotta talk about what they all do. Uh, Biff, I think, was guitar. Bubbles is keyboard. Biff had to be guitar. Did he? I don't know what any of them did. <sighs> that is not information that look stuck up, with me. Look up quickly. I know for sure. All right, I'll look up Jabberjaw the Neptunes. Yeah, and then just bring up a picture. I'm sure you'll get just... Biff on guitar, Bubbles on keyboard, uh, the the most vital to the group we'll talk about now, the Shelly situation. Uh, the group could not perform without Shelly because she plays the tambourine. A vital instrument. Yeah, just like Betty in the Archies. Get her up there or the show is cancelled. Here's the thing, though, about Shelly. She fucking rules. This bitch is just me. <laughs> I fucking love her. Shelly is just me. She shoots down everything that the sensible and agreeable dude says and yells at animals for being stupid he and is pessimistic. And she's just me. Here are three notes I wrote down in a row. Disagrees with Jabberjaw. Hey, that's neat. Man, she just hates him. No, she hates everyone. <laughs> she, she's so disagreeable. And then uh, later on, I, as usual, have a superb idea. I kind of love that she's just over everybody's shit. <laughs> Shelly also just constantly high. I wrote that down too. She's just fucking blazing it at all times. Trippin' tits here in the year 2076, the way they have animated her with just the bags under the eyes. Yeah, at first I like, thought she was tired, but then, like, a little bit of how she acts. No, like, that, like, smile she gets, she's fucking, she's so fucking high. She's just faded. <laughs> and she's just fucking me. <laughs> I think that's why I liked her so much. <laughs> You have a type, angry I, brunettes. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> Do you also prefer Veronica to Betty? I mean, she's just so cool. <laughs> what is her relationship to Biff? Is is like she is she Biff's girlfriend? Is she Biff's sister? Oh, it kind of feels like probably girlfriend, long suffering girlfriend. Okay. Because I kind of got the vibe of like she's so antagonistic. That almost felt like a sibling thing. But until we get an episode with their parents or them macking each other. <laughs> There's no in between. The clam head conundrum. The clam head conundrum indeed. <laughs> he is the shaggy analog of Jabberjaw. Tall, gangly, stupid hair. He also has a stupid hat. Yeah. And I would expect nothing less than a stupid hat when dealing with nautical stuff because sailors are known for their stupid hats. Somebody needs to wear a silly sailor hat. That's just the law. If you go on an army ship, and you look around, and there's not one person wearing a silly sailor hat, you are legally allowed to sink that ship. We first see... There was no reaction to that. Thank you. <laughs> we first see Clamhead. Uh, Jabberjaw is sitting on his lap. Yes. They're on this Airbus, on this plane. It's so weird, the crossover between these Patreon episodes. Because Speed Buggy was on a plane, too, having to sit in a normal person's seat. 
in a seat, not in a lap. Exactly. He didn't have to sit in Tinker's lap. I don't know what's up with Jabberjaw's relationship with Clamhead that he's just like, come here, boy. (laughs) Wowie, wow, 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 wow. It's just not as catchy as Zoinks. It's not. It's his, a, again, his catchphrase, very forced catchphrases. His catchphrase is literally "wowie wow wow wow," and he says it just like Biff, like two, three, four times. Yeah, I thought it was a stutter at first. I thought he was like "wow wow 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 wow," but no. Clamhead, how old is this guy? He seems older, right? Because of the crow's feet. Yeah, I wrote down he looks like a forty-year-old yeah. pretending to be a teenager, He's- like. He is Luke Perry on 90210. He's got major crow's feet. Luke Perry was like 28, I think, when 90210 started. I mean, which like... is not as bad <laughs> as Nicholas Brennan, who was 33 when Buffy started. How old was the kid from Hannah Montana? The brother? Yeah. The, the fully grown adult man from Hannah Montana. That, yeah, that continues to look like he's 14 years old today. I think he was at least 20-something when Hannah Montana was going on. And he was playing, like, maybe a 16-year-old God. brother. Who's the oldest child? Just out there. On TV. What is the oldest somebody has been and still played a teenager? That's that's a question for the audience, more than you. Okay, thank you. I would like our patrons to research that meticulously and get back to me. What's uh what's the actress's name that was the Black Slayer in season one of Buffy? You remember her? Buffy dies and then the like a black lady from Africa comes in. I'm pretty sure she was in her thirties and when she was on Buffy and then nowadays she still continues to play I, teenagers. I'm not sure. But here's a fun fact I just read. Apparently Cordelia was meant to be cast with a black actress. Uh, but the network said no uh, because of how she might like have relationships with other characters. They didn't want to see an interracial relationship on TV. No, but in let's... the fucking late 90s. But let's just make the teenage girl fuck undead men in their 200s, right? Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. The past isn't as far away as you think. Buffy the Vampire Slayer was afraid of showing an interracial relationship. Holy fuck. Well, uh, Cordelia got back at them all in Angel when she gave birth to a fully grown black woman. Well, that could have been the adult, because if she's playing a baby, then we're back to our (laughs) circle. That's the biggest age gap. (laughs) 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 Let's head back into Jabberjaw. Oh, I thought we were just going to talk about Buffy now. No, we're not. We're talking, we're getting into the Jabberjaw Jibber Jabber. Billy's very proud of himself for that, for some reason. Even though he's got Jabber in there twice, so it's really not that impressive. Don't give me any of that Jibber Jabber. (laughs) Now we're talking about Jabberjaw. Uh, When this big, huge-ass shark crams his head into a tiny little fishbowl to look like an alien, it's pretty adorable. I just very, want everyone to know cute. that this shark is cuter than a speed buggy, a colonial ghost, and a, a Captain Caveman has been. I didn't know we were giving them all cuteness rankings. If I were to do that, I would go Jabberjaw, Cap- Captain Caveman, Captain Caveman speed, speed buggy, buggy, yeah, and then Funky Phantom. Clearly. Funky Phantom's just a guy. Jabberjaw has access to many wheels and cranks. 
when he shouldn't. More, Yeah, he has access to more cranks than most sharks, I think that's fair to say. But they were in a underwater spaceship, getting around ship, you know, like, I guess it's like, it's supposed to be a submarine, I guess, but it looks, it's technically, I guess, a submarine because it goes through water, but it looks like a UFO. You know, yeah. like they wanted this to be set in outer space, but then got stuck underwater. I think they call like the alien ship one point. They're like, "Look, a UFO!" And I'm even thinking, like, if it's underwater, is it a UFO? Like a USO at most. But like, why? Why in this? We'll just say craft. <laughs> at this point, since we have no idea if it's a submarine or a it's UFO. Like, it's like one of those cars that you can drive into the water and it's a boat, but this is a spaceship that you can just sink underwater. Clamhead is driving it via the one steering wheel that is usually in cars. And then suddenly Jabberjaw comes in. He's just got cranks to the left, to the right. He's got a steering wheel. Like, did they get him one of those little play sets so you can pretend it's, to drive? I mean, that's highly possible. While you sit in your car seat because you're a toddler? That would line up because that's, you know, you don't respect a toddler and you don't respect Jabberjaw. That's something he says a lot. I can't even get respect from a robot! <laughs> um, because Jabberjaw is just curly from the Three Stooges by way of Rodney Dangerfield. Nyah, nyah, nyah. I get no respect. Nyah, nyah, nyah. I jabber jaw. He's Sorry. voiced by Frank Welker. <laughs> yes, so, I mean, points there for sure. Yep. Uh, also, I just want to point out some insider knowledge on Jabberjaw. Ooh. Apparently, uh, made in response to the popularity of the movie Jaws. I mean, I... Because this is what everyone was clamoring for after <laughs> seeing were. Jaws. I, re I think the audiences. After watching Steven Spielberg's Jaws, seminal 1995 hit, they, there was someone in the audience... 95? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, it came out very late in Brighton. Um, <laughs> but they were sitting there going, Boo! Where's Rodney Dangerfield? Boo! And they I want a character named Clamhead or I'm going home! That's the thing. In 1995, that's when they released the Dangerfield cut, where... Uh, <laughs> Where just every now and then in Jaws, it'll cut away to Rodney Dangerfield, shirtless on the beach, just sort of being like, oh, 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 check out this shit. I'm going to stop you there before you have to <laughs> dig your hole any deeper and say that Jabberjaw... Gives... Digging a hole? I'm making a sandcastle here. I get no respect. Jabberjaw Shark! gives many <laughs> tiny kisses to Shelly. He does. The romance between Jabberjaw and Shelley. I didn't notice until now that it's just on in the background, and I'm not uh, taking notes. Yeah. That Hydrastan is uh, very racistly Middle Eastern. It, it is. <laughs> uh, it's got I a lot have of known. it. I, don't, I can't was, believe you didn't notice that the first time, I, as a matter of fact. Well, I wasn't looking up at the point where there were two women in hijabs. I... Yeah, I'm of two minds about this. I would need to see other episodes of Jabberjaw to see how they portray the world. I kind of liked seeing a future city that had a lot of, like, uh, Indian and Middle Eastern culture to it. 
Because often I find like if you were to show future cities, they're really often whitewashed of like our future colonies. It's always nice to see that cultures do survive into the future. Um, That's funny. I always pictured a rack in the desert. Not under the sea. (laughs) (laughs) Just pull out my uh, go-to Lucille Bluth (laughs) quote recently. What did we do to the surface of this planet that I, now we all have to live under the sea in see, that's, in the years 2076? I know, at this point, if the aliens want years. it, they can have it. That's why I was kind of, I thought it was kind of neat if this was a different planet that just, you know, the that uh, that segment of Asia had gone out and, and conquered. Not conquered. Um, because that just claimed. Settled. Settled. Trying to wash the colonialist terms of spacefare out of my mouth. Well, if there was already sentient beings living on this planet... Then it would be very Then colonial. it would be conquering. I mean, but if it's just like a planet that's empty and nothing else is on it and you establish some colonies, you can call that settling. Yeah. It would be the first time anybody settled since you said you'd live with me. <laughs> <laughs> Very smooth delivery. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. I feel I feel like the. Uh, uh, My last note for Jabberjaw is that he uses himself as a parachute from space, and I have never seen such blatant disregard for <laughs> physics in cartoons. And that's really saying something. The parachute has some merit. It because doesn't. he he could be breaking himself against the atmosphere. What I have a problem with. Okay. Is when he's wait wait Billy. Hear, me, hear me out because I'm still on the physics angle when he uses his tail as a rudder in space. You don't steer via rudder in space because there's nothing to push against. You you're just flapping in the breeze at that point. Yeah, so that's worthless. As is him as a parachute. Okay, what's going to weigh less? A nylon piece of fabric to catch the air, or a twenty-one foot talking. Great white shark. It, the who shark probably weighs six thousand pounds out of water. The shark will weigh more, but it's not about how much it weighs. It's about how much drag it has. And have you seen sharks? Yeah, they're pretty sleek and streamlined. Mm, that's a true thing about sharks. <laughs> Why are you trying to argue that, this? That is fucking their main thing, isn't it? That they're yeah. You could put a shark in an air tunnel, and it you. I could see the coefficient of drag working, but oh well. Um, it took me a while to sort of start writing down the minor mentions in this episode. It's good there are none. There's a, there's a good number of them. No, there aren't. There... The only one I wrote down is the alien in charge of the teleportation device who must be fucking deaf not to hear this group of four children and a large shark scheming right behind him. <laughs> Well, I mean, I guess, like, I wrote down characters like the fairground manager. Because they had some business with him. Yeah, what groundbreaking and or comedic notes do you have? I I think, well, I think really it's it's what I said earlier about Hydro Stan and just looking at, at a new culture in the future. I would mention the police chief as an actual minor mention. You might actually put him in villain because all cops are bastards. But also because he's a secret alien himself. So, but, but also fuck the police. Also fuck the police, defund the police, abolish the police, invest more in social programs. 
I'm pretty sure that's all covered by the classic Fuck the Police. Just listen to that. We'll play that song at the end of this episode. Um, all right, the, vi- the villain then. These aliens. Where's Space Ghost? <laughs> I'm so happy that this was the episode of Jabberjaw that we watched. Even if some, even if, <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you listeners, even if you had voted for a different one, I still would have done this one because I had like peeked at it and yeah. saw the aliens. Why? And it's just reused animation in Space Ghost, which is like one of my favorite fucking adult swim nonsense. Why is Zorak here? Where's Space Ghost? The, coast to coast. Here's your coast to coast, Billy. The I, This is one of the coasts. Exactly. My favorite thing in this is seeing what what we know as Zorak from Space Ghost. When they open their mouth and they're just like, get into the cage. They're not supposed to sound just like men. And yet here we go. Admittedly, most of them do have more of the voice that you expect them to have. And it was the the man... The alien man, pretending as the police chief, who sounded more normal. Still just fucking bizarre to hear it. For anyone who has no fucking idea what Space Ghost Coast to Coast is... Go watch it! It's... It's what, like, Adult Swim was doing in the early 2000s. They were taking old Hanna-Barbera properties and just using it in new shit. So, like... Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law. Yep, we covered one of those episodes. Uh, Space Ghost, obviously from just Space Ghost, a Mm -hmm. 60s show where a superhero wailed on shit. And his band leader is one of the praying mantis aliens from this episode. Do you think this is the only time we saw this alien design? Or do you think this alien design was reused in other series as well? It's very possible. Because I don't, I don't know where Maltar's from. He's yeah, another main character in Space Ghost, true. Coast to Coast. Maybe he's just from Space Ghost. Like, that was a show. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I would have thought that Zorak would be from Space Ghost as well, not fucking Jabberjaw. But here we are. See there. He was jacking it. You missed it. I, I think I just purposefully look away to give the man some privacy. When you're doing it in front of a 21-foot shark, you're not <laughs> in it for privacy, Billy. Um, so yeah, so these aliens... It's an invasion plan. They've already left, like, a contact on Earth. He is hiding as the police chief and uh, allowing this invasion to go on at the county fair. At the county fair. It rings very true of Destroy All Humans when uh, Crypto's first stop is just a county fair. The, uh, The one alien who... They, who, the, the gang here, they claimed that he was going to be a spy, that he was chosen to be a spy. Adorable. When they were, This oh, is the guy in the teleportation room. Yeah. Who, me? Oh, but I don't look like a human. And so they get, makeover, 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 <laughs> makeover, makeover, makeover. And then they take him to the police chief and they're just like, look, it's an alien. And the police chief's just like, no shit. Hashtag same bitches. So it, so yeah, the, the plant, they're not hiding anything. The one guy's hiding. The human is actually a monster the whole time. That's a clever reversal of what we know in Scooby-Doo. Um, it's not a shocking reveal. We see it a couple times. He, he drops the human disguise. I mean, so in this way, should we rank a terror scale? For the aliens or for the police chief? Well, 
I was gonna go zero for the aliens. Do you also want me to go zero for the police chief? I don't know. Aren't aren't police chiefs terrifying? Nah, we're white. Tasteful. Tasteful. Terrible joke. Tasteful. Terrible. Um, no, but seriously though, fuck the police. Yeah. And these aliens, they're not scary. No, I'm glad. Are you scared of praying mantises? My problem is that it's Zorak. Like, I fucking know Zorak from Space Ghost. He's just a band leader. He's even the one alien here who's like, ooh, me? I could go for a makeover. (laughs) (laughs) I'll say yes to the dress. Is that a makeover show? Or is that that a wedding show? I'm pretty sure it's wedding, but it might be makeover based. Who knows? Probably makeover for your wedding. You're wearing the dress somewhere. Might as well be your wedding. Do we go over feasibility? Is it feasible that praying mantis aliens are going to invade uh, our underwater cities in 56 years? In the year 2076, it's highly possible. Like, I... Shit. I don't know. The future's gonna bring weird shit. I really liked a small moment in this episode. Um, They passed by a sign for an exhibition room. UFO sightings, 1976 to 2076. UFO sightings from 1975? Fuck off. (laughs) We're only doing a centennial, baby. I would have liked if it was like maybe 1969 to 2076. We walk through there, see a little space kook. I would have been happy. Never gonna happen. Never. Never see the space kook again. (laughs) I was gonna say you're never gonna see Scooby-Doo leak over (laughs) into these Scooby-Doo ripoffs, but... If they were smart, they would. You're going to sully Scooby-Doo by mixing it? Oh, Scooby-Doo's an old whore and you know it. (laughs) There's nothing that could sully Scooby-Doo at this point. Um, You know what I did like? Uh, The musical sequence. We got a full musical chase song in this episode. Something that I've, you know, it felt very classic to me. I assume it's a Neptune's original. Uh, Well, we got two songs. That was You've Got to Believe in Love. I think it was, while they were doing the chase, and uh, then when the when the band actually plays, they play, I've got the old Neptune blues. Could I sing a little of either of them? No. I guess I'll see if I can't slap a couple seconds of each on the end. Oh, so we're not doing fuck the police? <laughs> <laughs> no, eventually this is going to go up on YouTube. I don't need right. another fucking mm, strike. True enough. <laughs> In the episode where Scooby-Doo meets N.W.A., that's when. That's Obviously. when we'll do it. Obviously. Rock the Yeah. No, he would do something much lamer. Like, I'm a hip-hop doggy in a music. <laughs> <laughs> Jabberjaw. It's a strange old series. Do you have any general thoughts or feelings outside of that? The, um, I think I've said most of what I wanted to. Yeah, I would specifically like to call... Uh, attention to a part where they're sneaking down a hallway and the animation isn't even close to look like they're moving. They are miming sneaking down a hallway. Sometimes you just gotta play pretend. In the face of an alien invasion? In the face of an alien invasion, that's when you have to play pretend the most. Not that. (laughs) We're not ending there. We got 40 more minutes to record. Oh, God. (laughs) No, we have uh, our social media accounts to pimp out. Oh, true enough. Well, at the Billy Seaguar for Billy, at Fatal Amelia for me. 
collectively, Scooby underscore Doos. And I'm just going to give a heartfelt thank you to everyone listening to this episode. You are our patrons. Or you waited until we released it to the public. That's fine, too. But patrons, this thank you's for you. Thank you! I don't know what I'm doing anymore. It's not even particularly late at night. You haven't <laughs> I know. had a particularly it's, hard day. It's it's hot. It's not even particularly hot. I think you're just a nut job. That is, and you're starting to realize yeah, it. Yeah, I think that's possible. So I guess to stop you being a nut job, you fucking nut job. Yeah. Is this a Scooby Doo or a Scooby Don't? It's one that I was fascinated by, but I'm. I'm not sure if I could fully endorse it. Shelly ruled. I actually really liked Hydrostan as a location. I will give it a Scooby maybe. I feel like I need to see at least one more episode of Jabberjaw to know what the hell this series is about. I'm going to shock you when I give it just a flat Scooby-Doo. Whoa! Yeah. You did shock me there. I I don't know. I I feel like I didn't particularly enjoy it, but at the same time, I did. <laughs> like you said, like Shelly's the fucking bomb. Yeah. I love Shelly. Jabberjaw is far less annoying, I think, than Funky Phantom was for me. Even Speed Buggy really annoyed me. Of the four of them, is Jabberjaw the only one that's Frank Welker? I believe so. That could probably go a long way towards explaining it. Now, if we had to rank all these Scooby-Doo copycat series based on our one episodes watched. I would go Jabberjaw, Captain Caveman. Oh, Lord, I really hated Speed Buggy and Funky Phantom. Probably Speed Buggy and then Funky Phantom, but they could flip depending on what day you ask me. I... How would I rank them? Captain Caveman's number one for me. Then I think I'll go Jabberjaw then Funky Phantom, and then Speed Buggy. But it's weird, because I feel like Funky Phantom and Speed Buggy had very similar episodes. Oh, God. and the fact that the Funky Phantom drives a Speed Buggy? Like, you, you've you just yeah. reused your fucking hey. your vehicle model? Here's the thing. Was this Jabberjaw episode the first one that wasn't about a race? Uh, yeah. Okay. But we still brought race into it with the police stuff. And yep. <laughs> on, and on that note, <laughs> that's it from Scooby Doo Us. The Scooby Doo Us. Yeah. <laughs>